Ask the Podcast Coach for March 18th, 2017. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. Thank goodness. Music to get me pumped up. It is Saturday morning. It is time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I am your host, Dave Jackson, from the School of Podcasting.com. And joining me right over there is the one and only Jim Cullison from TheAverageGuy.tv. Jim, how's it going, buddy? Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. Great to be back in the AverageGuy.tv studios and not uh, having to be running around on Saturday mornings. I do enjoy what I do at work. Don't don't get me wrong. But it is nice after 14 Saturdays over the last nine months to kind of be done with that. So I get my Saturdays back. Yeah. It's uh, being ever so humble, right? There's no place like home. It um, is nice to be in the chair. Not, yeah. No lie. Not holding the ATR and all the other fun things you're going through. So that's always fun. But it's, you know what, though? Those those uh, moments push us a little bit to try different things. And, you know, I've never, I've been a big skeptic of grabbing that ATR 2100. And I did it once and it worked. And, you know, Ray does that and it works fine. And so those kinds of things kind of push our boundaries. And I, I think that's a good thing for us. Like, get us out, do, do something different, you know? Yeah. Hey, we're going to start off with uh, today's poll. I threw it out at the chat room. And uh, if you're listening to this later, it'll be at askthepodcastcoach.com slash 163. Today, we're we're going to talk a little bit about some of the Edison research that came out, but I want to do our own, which is where do you listen to podcasts? And so I basically figured it out. You're either going to be home, at work, in the car, or outside. Other than that, you're I don't know what other choices would be there. So, uh, and I was putting, if you're at, if you work at home, Put work. That's how I'm doing that because I think that's why uh, some of the research had so many people at home. I could be wrong, but to me, I just I've always listened in the cars. My big thing. Well, but, what about if you split it, Dave? What if I listen to some at work and some? at home? Well, that you'll see with the form there. You can basically check the ones that apply to you. So you know, like for me, I don't do anything outside. I'm not a gardener. I'm not a. Uh, I my middle name is Burn and Peel. I don't do much outside unless I'm covered in, you know, SBF 97 or whatever it is. So, but yeah, I always wonder when I'm at the gym, everybody has earbuds in and I always want to go up to them and go, what are you listening to? And see how many of them are uh, podcasts. And it also asks, uh, what do you listen on? So I just put phone, tablet or computer. So we'll. we'll outside, would we consider the gym outside? Yeah, I would consider that outside because it's not work and it's not home. So I would do that. On that, but yeah, I, I consume a lot of podcasts. I consume a lot of content. Now I've been trying to get to the gym more. I've been reading. Uh, I, I talked about this last week. I've been reading this book about the history of Cleveland radio. Man, they were good at just just the whole guerrilla marketing. Like they had a concert once where the the um, the you know station across town had gotten exclusive rights to say this is an M105 and this was a 100.7, but this was an M105. So what they did is they went to the parking lot and they paid for everybody's parking and gave them a T-shirt. <laughs> so the whole place was just littered with with WMS logos everywhere. So it was their concert, but they got a ton of exposure. Um, they did all sorts like T-shirts were like the killer way. And I thought about it. That's not, it's, it's something that people still use. Uh, to me, one of the best kind of guerrilla marketing things that really got his name on the map was Harry Duran from Podcast Junkies. 
at uh, Podcast Movement a couple years ago had these bright yellow T-shirts that just said Podcast Junkies with those logos on it. And he he had to hand out like 100 T-shirts. There were just everybody looked like a killer bee. And then he was able to get everybody who got a free T-shirt into one picture with him. And immediately I was like, what is a Podcast Junkie? I just I see it everywhere. And uh, Michael Monroe did that uh, this year at PodFest. He had a bunch of orange T-shirts that said, I am unemployable. And on the back, it said the Solopreneur Hour. And, uh, you know, that's not a cheap thing. You're probably looking, best case scenario, I I know, I mean, this was years ago. When I was in a band, the best price we could get was $6 a shirt, and we had to buy 144 of them. So you're looking at 1000 bucks, roughly, $700, something like that. But... one color and one color print, right? It was just yeah. yellow with black. So that, yeah, you know, it didn't try and get fancy. You didn't try and print the logo, didn't write some of those kinds of things. I, my logo also will go nicely with just one color. Yeah. And so that's kind of one of those things when you think about your logo and your design and some of the tips and tricks that you have there, it <clears throat> might be try and keep it simple just for these kinds of things. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'm going to throw a uh, an article here in the chat room. Um, this is on Rain News. Um, and they're, they're talking about length of podcasting. And, and this is something that when I was reading it, I was like, there's a, a paragraph towards the bottom. It says recent analysis of listening habits from the NPR one app. So that's where a lot of this data came from reveals that a mere 18 words into a segment, people are deciding whether they will continue listening. Another recent and equally compelling set of data from one of the podcast aggregators shows an attrition rate of 40% in the first seven minutes. So we're talking about what at this point, just to be clear, right? They're talking about the beginning of the show, right? Would, would you say that's where we're at? Yeah, I would, that's what I would say, yeah. Okay, so then they come up to this conclusion. Longer podcasts should expect that two-thirds of the audience is gone sometime between 20 and 60 minutes. And that's where I scratched my head. Because I'm like, wait a minute. If you're losing people in the first seven minutes, I don't think it's the fact that your show is 20 minutes. I think it's the fact that the first seven minutes of your show is crap. That would be my guess. I was I was really confused on this when I read this. And it's I, I thought it was I mean, part of me I want to go consider the source. It's sponsored by Podcast One, which is run by an old radio guy. And then they quote Steve uh where's his name? Goldstein or Goldstein, one of the two, who's an old radio guy. And it just they have these pretty little graphs showing that the longer you go, the more listeners you you don't have. And so I actually put on the uh, I was I was first my first comment. I pointed out that, oh, just for the record, um, you know, Dan Carlin's hardcore history uh, set a record for one million downloads in 24 hours. And his episode was um, six hours long. Now, granted, Dan is the exception to the rule. <laughs> very, very much so. Yeah. And. And I bet if you looked at the data on how far, and you can't do this, but say you could, look on the data on how many of those people that actually downloaded it listened to all six hours. Yeah. I think those stats would be very similar to what you're you're referring to there. You know, our show, A Home Gadget Geeks, hour and 20 minutes, pretty much consistently. Mm-hmm. Sometimes an hour, sometimes an hour and 25, but pretty much always an hour and 20. And I know people aren't making it to the end. And that's okay because our most engaged listeners are, and they love it. That's it. The beauty of going longer is people can go shorter. If you go shorter, you can't go longer. Yeah. Like, I can't just dynamically add content onto the end of my podcast. So if somebody's traveling and they really are engaged in what we're doing, and I cut it off at 30 minutes, 
they go, oh, that's it. Like, darn, I wish there was more. And sometimes you want to leave your customer, you know, your, your customers wanting more. But if it's longer, they can always listen to it. I don't, I don't get this when, when we, you know, when people are like, what's the ideal length of a podcast? It's what you, it's what you want it to be. Yeah. I recommend, I found in the stuff that we do longer is actually better. Yes. That's because the- people, and then we design at Gallup, we design our podcast to have a content set at 15 minutes and then another content set at about 40 minutes or about 30 minutes. And then another content set at about 45. So you could listen to it at any one of those intervals and be satisfied with the content that you're getting, right? So just for those people who only have 15 minutes, great. Turn it on, turn it off. For those that have 30 minutes, great. Turn it on, turn it off. For 45, they'll get all the way to the end. So I, I don't, I, this this conversation we have all the time about length, just go with the content that you have. You've said, right? No no such thing as too long, just too boring. Yeah, good old Valerie Geller. If you're Geller. boring people, well then stop, yeah. you know? But if you got great stuff, keep going. Which leads me to my next question. Uh, there's, this is what I think, and, and I, oh, it's something Dave, he does the Dealing With My Grief podcast, um, and he gave me some really good feedback. He said, you know, Dave, there are times when you talk about something on Ask the Podcast Coach, and then you talk about it on the School of Podcasting, and it feels like a rerun. Yep. And I was like, that's good feedback, but here's my here's my thought on this. I don't have this thought yet. So what you're hearing here is Dave figuring out what he's going to do on the school of podcasting. Kind of like if you go back and listen to, there's a thing on uh, Spotify where you can listen to like Motley Crue demo tapes. Like it's, it's shout at the devil, but it's like them bashing out the song. And it's one of those things that, um, that only the hardcore people are going to get. So I, I hesitate now to actually talk about this here because I'm eventually going to, I'm, I'm beating out the idea here that I'm eventually going to talk on Monday show. And actually I'll put it this way. The numbers are not near the same. We, we get about 30% of the audience listens to this show that listens to the school of podcasting. But here's my question that I will probably use some of these answers on Monday show. If somebody says, don't be boring. Okay. How do you not be boring? Right. And it's, yeah, and I was like, well, and then I go back to the whole birthday analogy. You know, if somebody says, hey, it's so-and-so's, like my sister's birthday's next week. Um, she will never hear this, so I can say this. I bought her the monkeys both seasons, you know, the hey, hey, we're the monkeys on DVD. She's a huge 60s fan and just, she has it on VHS and I bought it for her on DVD. Um, and so I always go back to, you have to know your audience and then give them what you what they want. But is that then not boring? Well, you, boring is in the eye of the beholder, right? And yeah. so it's like, hey, uh, if you're getting downloads and you're getting great feedback, uh, keep you know, you're no, then you're not boring, right? From that standpoint, you got to go, you got to be true to yourself and what you're going to do. Dave, you're getting some great feedback uh, right now in the chat room. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that we get the same folks every week means if we think about this show, it's obviously, I, I mean, you hate to say it this way, but it's not boring because you guys keep coming back. Yeah. Like there must be some reason you're coming here, right? And for the engagement and the community and they get to talk to each other. So it's more than just us. It's the community that we've built around Saturday mornings at 930. And I, I hear from a lot of people who say, yeah, I work, I listen to you guys and you're kind of like the background noise. And then, you know, I kind of work while I'm doing it. And that's great. Hey, we, we love that. 
I'm actually, and you got a couple bits of feedback where, yeah, that bothered a few people where you flesh it out here and then you do it on the school of podcasting. So let me give you, let me give you the opposite side of that. I'm actually here when you do it and I actually help you do it. And I still on set on Monday mornings get in my car and I still listen. That's my very first podcast every week, school podcasting. And I, I ask myself all the time, why do I listen to that? Cause I've talked to Dave yeah. on Saturday. I know what Dave is going to say on Monday, but there's something about the, the academic or the mental exercise of working it through again in my brain. Well, I'm listening to School of Podcasting on Monday morning. It's not like I'm hanging on every word, but I'm rethinking through the things we talked about. And like, yeah, do I want to do this? Or what does this really mean? Or what is this guest saying? Oftentimes, I don't get the, we don't get the benefit of the guest here on Saturday morning. Like you have a guest that's right. not here. And so we get a chance to talk to it. So for me, I mean, I'm here. I'm influencing the Saturday morning discussion. And yet I find a lot of great value in hearing what your kind of your final thoughts are on it on Mondays when I listen to school of podcasting. So for me, it works great. I mean, I, I like it. Yeah, I was just that was the thing that um, pre-show I was talking to uh, to Jim about this. I said we might get tired, cranky Dave today because at 515, don't ask me why, I woke up and I had this idea of what is good content. And I was trying to figure it out. Is it, is it part, um, it's a little bit of both, you know, you have the logical and then you have emotional, you know, this is where, this is me beating out this idea. So John said earlier, uh, this is Dave's open mic where he works it out. But if you think about it, some of it's very logical, right? So this microphone is blah, 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 or blah, blah. And then you have things that, that draw in emotions that make it even more special. Um, when I, uh, it's not this week, but next week I'll do the, uh, Episode 559, where I have people tell me what they like about my show and what they dislike about my show. And for the record, you have till the 24th to get that in. Uh, just email it to davidschoolpodcasting.com. And I've had people say they really like the episodes where I do things like what Muhammad Ali meant to me. And they said it because it applied to podcasting, but it also shared a little bit about you. So that was very logical. Here's the things he did. Check one, check two, check three. But it also had an emotional aspect to it. Um so that's where I, I'm going to dig into that today. I'm going to see if I can go find, like, I'm going to Google what makes good content and see what I can yeah. find and see if what I agree with. And I just, I was trying to think, can you teach somebody not to be boring? Well, but I still think boring's in the eye of the beholder. It is. I mean, uh, Randy said that you know? too. It's one one man's boring. Like some people just love the facts. I mean, you have people that yeah. do shows that are, you know, NPR, very much just the facts. I don't want to get into a political discussion, but in theory, they're relating facts. And there's no commentary on that. Um, where you have other shows like Samantha B. Um, you ever watch her show, Full Frontal? No. Oh, my no. goodness. Wow. Um, way over the top. Just how many different ways can we call, you know, uh, Trump um, dirty names and, and, you know. So, but I love them, you know, I love them both in a way. So Well, it's, it's so personal from that standpoint. I, I recently, I found this guy named Nick, and he's a teacher at the, Central Washington University or some some university like that doesn't really matter. It's at, at Washington State, and he talks about geology. He's an incredibly entertaining instructor, and I have learned over the last three or four or five weeks as watching these videos, one or two, one one or two a night. I've learned a ton about geology, and, and I'm I'm kind of a geology fan. I love talking about rocks and volcanoes and the Earth and those kinds of things. I love that stuff, but. A lot of people would be like, including my wife, like she comes down here like, what the hell are you listening to? Like, <laughs> why are you listening to geology study? You know, a, a, basically a class on geology. Right. And 
I, I don't know because it's interesting. Because so, we're talking granite, honey. What are you talking about? It's granite. Like, what's the difference between granite and basalt? That's right. incredibly interesting to me, right? Not for everybody. And so you find those things. I, I get – I this is where I run weary uh, in the podcast groups that we have where people start making judgment calls on those personal things. And actually it's happening a little bit in the chat room right now, which is like – Oh, I don't like this because it has this. And I don't like it because it has that. Well, okay, then stop listening to it. Like, you know, it's, it's like a dog returns yeah. to his vomit. Do not keep listening to it if you don't like it. Find someone you like. Now, just because you like them, uh, Dave, my I like, like, I love the movie Deadpool. Oh. It's my, it's my kind of humor. It's my kind of sarcasm. Preach it, it's, brother. Right? <laughs> Snarky <laughs> sarcasm. He's yeah, my totally. favorite superhero. I'm not a, like Batman, Superman. No, no, no. Deadpool all the way. Yeah, totally. But but my wife doesn't like that. Movie. Oh, she, yeah. So like, okay. So, but should I try to, should I try to make her feel bad? Because like, right. well, this is the best movie ever. And I can't understand why you don't like it. Because this is. We got to get out of that business, guys. We got to stop doing that kind of stuff. Everybody finds their right place and and celebrate and enjoy things for what they've become and not just because you like them, you know? So it's, it's, it, we get a little judgmental in that area. I think we got to watch that. Well, and here again, I'm previewing more information that you'll hear later. So I should shut up, but it really amazed me. I got one piece of feedback and she said, here's why I like the school of podcasting. And she actually found me from Libsyn. I, I kind of over-delivered on a Libsyn question. I really answered her question, went way beyond. And so she must have Googled me, found the school of podcasting. So she answers the, the Libsyn ticket. Hey, Dave, I found your show, um, blah, blah, blah. And I sent in a 559 for you. So I listened to it. So she likes the school of podcasting. But then the two that really blew me away is she goes, I also listen to the Alexa cast even though I don't have an Amazon Echo. And I also listen to the Logical Weight Loss podcast, even though technically I'm a little thin. And the reason she says that, she goes, I just like listening to you. And we've said this before, people come for the content, but they they listen for the, they host. Stay for the host. Yeah, and yeah, I was like, because that was a head scratcher to me. I'm like, wait, you don't, you don't have? No, and the, and the hosts, oftentimes that can be engage their audience. You know, we've said this before, when your show is small and you have a chance to respond to every single um, every single listener who writes you, there was a gal on um, the one of the most recent um, Podcasters Roundtable who said, and I forget her name now, but she'd said she responds to every single bit of feedback that she gets. I, when you're small, you get that opportunity to do that. And I think it's really super important that we engage in that way and you man you can have an amazing effect on an audience i mean i think about i know most most of the folks that are in the chat room today i've i've talked to them or i know of them i could have a conversation with them we've talked one-on-one in some capacity not all of them but most of them some of had i've had on my show that's the definition i think of knowing your audience you know it's it's so i think it's really really important that we have that conversation that we're able to have that conversation back to them can i bring up let's let's Somewhat switch topics a little bit. You you said yeah, something. We don't want to repeat the school podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I hear a lot of this that it's not fair. Not NPR is not fair. They're promoting more NPR stuff. The big guys only promote the big guys and blah blah blah. And I'm like, yeah, but that's where. You, and and you know what? I hear you on that. When I see another like 
podcasting's the next big thing. Look, it's uh, the Nerdist and Mark Marin, and I'm like, I'm like, come on, can we find two other podcasts? Can we name two other people that don't need more promotion? It's like you know, um, and uh, so I I get that. I'm down with that. I'm tired of watching the media promote the media. But on the other hand, you just said something that's very true. I didn't see Serial win um, People's Choice. Why? Because they don't interact, at least from what I see, with people. They're, they've got 18 people, and there's probably one person in charge of Twitter and whatever, you know. And that's where we can outshine them. We can create that personal relationship with people because I, I don't know what they're doing, but they, they probably have a staff of somebody who's not the host. And I think that's the big difference. If somebody's doing a Twitter or a Facebook, it's not the host. It's, you know, Jim, the intern from, you know, whatever, or, or, or Maggie or Steve, but it's not Joe or, or Susie host. I think that's a big difference. And, and that's where, yeah. um, cause I see some people and I, I said, you know, I, uh, the last time I was up for an award that I can remember, and I, I really, I think I've been five or seven times, different ones for podcast awards. But I was up against Reply All, and I lost uh, again. <laughs> and, and I said, now there are two ways to handle that. You can go, oh, man, it's not fair, because they literally have a team of 15. So I could say, it's not fair, they have a team of 15. Wah! Or I could say, holy cow, I got nominated in a category against a team that had 15, and I have a team of one and a cat. That's it. I think Bernie counts as a half, maybe. Uh, maybe not. But I thought that was uh, – I hear a lot of, like, sour grapes. And I'm like, oh, there's two ways to uh, to think about that. Let me uh, switch over to no, – Yeah, let me – as we're talking about uh, this, this is a letter that – so one of my co-hosts on one of my Gallup programs, this is a letter that was put on his windshield. He was doing some – this this listener of of our podcast was at – Gallup for some training and didn't get a chance to run into him. And so he wrote him a quick note and left it on his car on the way out. And it's just basically said, you know, Hey, sorry, we missed you. I wanted to leave you a note to say you rock. My nice. wife uh, introduced me to strengths uh, about four weeks ago. And that led me to listening to theme Thursday and call the coach, the podcast that we do. Um, just thanks for doing what you do. You know, signs it your parking lot neighbor. He was, he was parked right next to him. Nice. And just to, like, when you think about, when you think about engagement and getting those things back, I mean, just think what you've done to that listener who would take a second to jot down a note. That's the right? thing there. That's a hand for, for those of you that are listening to that Jim just showed a handwritten, not a typed up, not a handwritten note. And those just don't happen anymore. I can't do handwritten notes cause nobody could read it. It's like, it, it says something I struggled like to read this one too. Yeah. But. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, who was this? John John mentioned? No, there he is. There, that's the guy's name I couldn't remember. Uh, Darwin Dave. I knew it was a Dave something. Um, so, yes, Darwin, I'm sorry. We're, we're repeating information here that you're going to hear later. But he mentions that, yes, Bernie is an award-winning cat. Nice. So he, uh, he won that in Florida. And I did have a question. How do you can – I had a – this is from Mark Hawkins. said, I had a problem with my Google account. In uh, it's not showing the artwork or something like that. How do I go about contacting Google Play? And to do that, you have to go to basically the same place you went to submit it. So if you go to um, g.co slash podcast portal, um, you can basically, when you get there, there's a gear icon in the upper right-hand side, and then all the way at the bottom. So that'll bring up a menu, and all the way at the bottom of that menu, there's a contact us, and... 
that allows you to email them. So it's just that better. easy. Here's a good one. I was like, ooh, this is uh, this is one of those things where I always talk about up front when you start a podcast with a co-host, make sure you know that we that you have everything kind of uh, all your T's dotted and your I's crossed and all that other things. Um, this is from Matt Martinez says, my co-host has been hospitalized for the second time in a span of five weeks or so. So that's not good to hear. How do I pitch him the idea of having someone fill in for him until he recovers without making it seem like I'm trying to replace him? And so I just said, well, obviously the one thing, you always kind of have to think about it from the other person's standpoint of, you know, they're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to get replaced. I'm going to get. So the first thing I would say is, you know, number one, we're not going to replace you, but I'm so happy. I would do it this way. I'm so happy with the momentum that we have going on right now that we've been doing this and, and things are going really good. And I don't want to lose that. So what I would like to do, maybe you can even help me pick one, is have a, a guest host, not a co-host, a guest host, and then just announce it. I think the big thing is you just have to announce it to your audience that they're temporary. And when so-and-so comes back, you know, they'll be back. Well, we, we do that here. And yeah. you just say, filling in for Jim today. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, Mike Weger, my guest uh, host on um, Home Gadget Geeks, he, he's been gone since November. He, he took a new job and they, he travels every week and he just can't make it. And so every week, you know, for a while I pinged him and then he said, hey, I'm not going to be able to do this for a couple months. I said, he's like, if you want to replace me, that's fine. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. I can, you know, we're an interview show, so it's right. pretty easy. I can do the interview. So he came back last week and it was, or this week, Thursday, the one we're releasing on Saturday. He's back. So good to have him back. And yet I did have some folks fill in for him and, and we just had that discussion, you know, he, with him. Hey, I'm not replacing you. I'm not interested in replacing you. When you're ready to come back, the chair is open for you. So I think it's what you're saying is I think you have to have that really open That's communication it. with the co-host. Yeah. Just make it very clear what your intentions are in this. At the same time, if it's going to be a situation where it might be looking like it in the future, that problem may continue. I think it's maybe okay to say, and I'm going to use this opportunity to maybe interview a few people to fill in for even longer. And maybe that's not a permanent thing, but maybe it's a semi-permanent. Right. Right. And when you bring in that semi-permanent guest host, make sure they're clear that, hey, you're filling in for a short or an extended period of time. This may not be forever as well. I just get that open in the you know out and open right away. That's it. You just got to be. It's kind of this weird, awkward thing. May I don't even know if it's really awkward. You're just like, look, here's the situation, and I think if everybody knows, hey, you're not coming in permanently, you're not leaving permanently. I think one of the best examples of this is Michael Hyatt does. This is your life, and his co-host Michelle Kashakton, I think is her last name, um, Michelle something. Um, she was battling cancer. And had all sorts of, you know, that's put you kind of down for the count for a while. And so he brought in Stu McLaren and they said, hey, Michelle's, you know, battling cancer. We all wish her the best. And when she can return, she's welcome to come back. Uh, but until then, Stu's going to be the co-host. And so it was just, hey, here's what's going on. You know, and every now and then they would kind of give us a Michelle update. She's doing better. Uh, cancer's, you know, going away, but she's not back yet. We'll keep you in the loop, you know. But again, just reiterating that. Stu's here temporarily, and uh, Stu knew he was temporary. Michelle, she was she she knew she was welcome to come back, and when she was able to come back, she did. So I think it's just one of those things that um, no, I think Michelle came back. And what was interesting about this, and by no means am I I don't want to appear that I'm making fun of Michelle, but she had cancer in her tongue, 
Mm. And apparently they whacked part of it. And so, as you might imagine, you got to get used to talking a little differently. And what I really thought, and and this is going to end up being a compliment, but when she first came back, she had one of those kind of S's where you talk like this. So again, I'm not making fun of her, but this is how she sounded. And so at first I was like, oh man, that's, that's kind of brave because you now have a, a, a mild speech impediment. And what was really interesting is um, we're, we're going to go on a tangent. Okay, hang with me. I'm going to come back. Bernie's having a problem hitting the litter box lately. Um, and there's nothing more mm, a great way to start the day than, hey, cat pee. It's it's very pungent. But what's weird about it is your nose, there's like a nose blindness to it. Like after a while, I don't really notice it now. What I'm, My eyes are burning now because I've sprayed the whole house with Febreze. But there's a nose blind. There's also apparently an ear blindness bringing it back to Michelle that after like five minutes, I didn't even notice it anymore. You just kind of learn that. So yeah, you get used to it yeah. and she probably get better. And she is. I listened to the other day and I was like, I don't even barely notice it at this point. It yeah, was just, yeah. it's one of those things. It's like when you turn up the speed on your, you know, yeah. when you listen to podcast faster, <laughs> you stop hearing that. It, in fact, there are times when people are having conversations. I'm like, could you guys talk a little faster? <laughs> let's like, like, let's, let's speed this up. <laughs> Can we put, yeah. Well, what's hilarious is I'll go to bed and I'll have things like two X, if not higher. And I wake up in the morning and hit play, and my brain's just like, "Whoa, we we got to work our way up to that, buddy. We're not." We're not yeah, you got you got to work into that speed. You can't uh, you can't just go right yeah. away. John Buchanan has an interesting statement in chat. He says, "But what happens if the guest host is better and yeah. he doesn't want the original co-host back?" Um, that's an uncomfortable conversation. Yeah. It absolutely is. By the way, if you do that and your co-host, the the replacement co-host, is better. You're a douche if you don't bring the original one back. That's yeah. what you are. You made a it, you stick with the if you made a commitment to a host, and even if the other one is mi- a million times better, start a new show with that other one, right? Before you re- you just replace them because it's better talent. This is that's 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 a little thing I call integrity conversation. Yeah. That's one that shouldn't happen. So. Yeah, and that's and the, the other thing you have to know is that some of your audience. Let Let's go with the Stu Michelle thing here. Some people might actually like the show better with Stu than Michelle. Me personally, I like the show a whole lot better when it was just Michael. I, I to me, I love that show when it was Michael Hyatt talking to me, and when he brought in this co-host, and now I'm watching him talk to somebody else. It just to me wasn't the same show. Um, but you realize when you do that, somebody's going to like Stu better, somebody's going to like Michelle better, and that's you know, welcome to yeah. podcasting. Somebody's- Sometimes people are there for that host, yeah. right? They're they're not there for you. They're there for your co-host. And, uh, and so you've, you've just got to be, you know, you got to be careful. We, we had a situation, so I, we just celebrated 300 300 podcast on home gadget geeks. And I had the original, one of the original hosts back who I've since then spun out. So he, he was on the show for a long time, had a lot of things to say. And at one point I'm like, why don't we just give you your own show? And so we spun him out into one called cyber frontiers. And that's a great way to take that really concentrated talent and move it out. And then that left space on Home Gadget Geeks for other for me to put other people in. Nice. You know, and and do things with. So if you get in that situation, again, you're trying out a new co-host, you really love them, but the original host is coming back. Think about spinning that new co-host out into another show. That's that's a Dave, I think that's a perfect time to consider another show. You know, when you've got the, when you see some talent and you're like, man. 
I could really, at, at Gallup, I always say my goal of podcasting at Gallup is to make other people big deals. And so, you know, I showed that note. That's an example of how Dean, in this case, yeah. we got a chance to make him a big deal. That's why I do what I do as a, as a, as a podcaster is to make other people big deals. And so if you find somebody like that, consider giving them their own show. You know who's a big deal? You? Our awesome supporters at, uh, <laughs> they are too. They are at too. askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. We want to thank those that have uh, been supporting the show on Patron, Patron, Patreon, becoming a patron, which you can do at askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. Uh, and that would include Gabriel Mulrill from um, podcastingpress.com, uh, Josh Rivers from creativestudio.academy, and Glenn the Geek from Horse Radio Network. And uh, if you join up, let's see, we got next week is the 25th. So it'll be two weeks. We always list everybody at the beginning of the month, but everybody's over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. And uh, thanks to everyone who's keeping the lights on here at uh, Ask the Podcast Coach. Um, if you want to... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, uh, if, you, if, <laughs> if, if you have a question, you can uh, jump on in. Just go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash join. Um, Jim, you had a question. I'll let you. Well, Emily was going to say, you know, back to that, the, the co-hosting discussion. I mm-hmm. think this is, there's a lot of meat on this idea because it gets, when people get involved, it gets really, really complex and complicated. And, you know, Emily had that situation where she was podcasting with James and it didn't, it didn't work out right. and it would have been easy for Emily and it would have been a way for her just to find another voice, maybe another guy, and they would continue on in that format. Um, and continue doing the show. That was one way. Emily in chat says, I think she, she found the voice in her own head of just her. And so, you know, the story behind has become now a solo podcast for the most part. She's been super creative in bringing people on like me uh, with voiceover work, or she has them fill in parts of the podcast doing, you know, playing characters or whatever in the podcast. And that's been really, really creative. And so for Emily, she found, she heard that, podcast in a new way and then so changed it to kind of fit what she was hearing in her own head about what she wanted to do. So there's an, that's another way, you know, in yep. a situation they had a podcast and she completely changed and rebranded. And I mean, everything is new. So I, uh, uh, great, great idea and great thoughts there. I will be on Monday show. So, Oh, good. Yeah. That's uh yes. that was a lot of fun. I, <laughs> she's like, here's the two lines you need. I'm like, which voice do you want? So I gave her like 50, you know, so it's like, <laughs> Um, but the, what's interesting about that is now like St. Patrick's day was what yesterday. And I'm like realizing like, to me, St. Patty's day is green people drinking and puking. And I'm like, I wonder what the story behind St. Patrick's day is. I'm like, I should let, you know, Emily start kicking off uh, holidays. Cause there are some of them like St. Valentine's like, it's, it's a murder thing, but it's a Pope thing. I'm like, what is the, what? So <laughs> So that's now I now when I have something that I don't understand, I'm like, hey, what's the story behind, you know, um, Tang? Well, it's it's I know the astronauts drank it, but what, really, what's the story behind? Like, it's just this orange powder. Like, is that really like? Did the astronauts well, really drink series, Tang? There's a series, Tang Gatorade, because <laughs> like there's a whole story behind Gatorade too, and we think about why how that was invented and why it was invented and some of those kinds of things. So. Yeah, it's a great idea. She's got there, but you know, hasn't been hasn't been smooth the whole way either. I mean, I think Emily has probably found there's been some things, and even you know, bringing on guest voices, uh, you got to reach out to him, you got to get him to record it, you got to add him in, and it adds extra editing time. So, a lot to consider. Yeah, 
Well, that, she was really good in giving me like, I don't know, two or three weeks. And then I finally looked up and it was like, oh, wait, my due date's the 20th. I need, <laughs> I, I need to record these now. Um, John has a question. How do you go about separating from a co-host when you want to shut down a show, but your co-host wants to go on? Hmm, that's tricky. That is a good question. That's a very good question. Don't you think, well, it depends on who owns what to begin with yeah, and who's paying for what to begin with. But I think, don't you think, Dave, having that conversation of just spinning it off and you dropping is is okay in some cases, yeah. letting them continue on with the, with the work that's done? Or if you're not, just say, hey, look, uh, let's separate. I need to, you know, let's make a clean break in the brand. And let's shut this down, and then you can go off and do a spinoff right. and separate it that way. I think that'd be appropriate too. But do they? Who gets the subscribers then? Because do you uh, rebrand the original feed? Yeah, I think you just, you create a new feed and you yeah, so you allow ample time for for listeners to. I would even like have the co-host start the podcast early, yeah, and so, overlap, yeah. so you could advertise. Yeah. You know, and so advertise for four weeks. That's probably good. That's probably a good amount. Advertise for four weeks. Let it give them a chance to subscribe and then cut the, yeah, cut cause, the feed. Because otherwise, if I'm the co-host, I'm like, wait, why do I have to lose all my subscribers? Because you don't want to do the show anymore. I could, I right. could hear that argument. It's going to be icky a little bit there. But yeah. I think with it's some business. of these, you, yeah, this is just where you have to realize it's going to be awkward and you kind of get through it and have an honest you just have to talk. You have to talk about your feelings a little bit. You know, I just, I just don't want to do this anymore, and blah blah blah. And, and you know, it may be in some cases that um, there might be something that they could do that would then make you want to do the show. Like if you say, "I just hate doing the show notes. I, I don't want to do them anymore." Well, maybe they'll say, "Well, let's hire somebody to do them." Would you? And that's where you have to figure out where your your true objection is, because yeah. you can say, "Well, if we hired somebody to do the show notes, would you stay?" And you go. No. Well, then it's not really the show notes. There's just, you're probably just sick of the subject and. And not everything is meant to go on forever. Yeah. Cheers, you Seinfeld, know, MASH. They all end. Now, part of that's because big money in productions. And I think podcasts can go on forever. But as we got close to 300, I really started thinking like, how, how much longer do I really want to do this? And every time I think, do I want to quit? The answer is no. And the listeners, yeah. you know, I got some feedback from one of the listeners who said, hey, congratulations on 300. We look forward to 300 more. So you're like, wow, all right. So the, the audience, we're, we're obviously reaching a segment of the audience. For me, I'm going to continue on until it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Great question from Joe Taylor. We could start, uh, you know, there was missing Richard Simmons. Have you listened to that yet? I've not listened, but yeah. how fascinating that this guy has just disappeared. I want to start a podcast. I don't care where Richard Simmons is. That'll be my <laughs> welcome to. I don't care where Richard Simmons is. Where today we ask the question, "Where's Richard Simmons?" and I go, "I don't care." Um, but Joe asks because uh, now we can start. Where the heck is Joey Kissimmee from uh, Appendipity? I didn't know he was missing. I know he took time off at the end of the year last year. Like he took like November and December off to be with his family. Um, cause it was holiday time and things like that. And he said, I'll be back in January. But, um, I didn't know that, uh, I didn't know he was missing. Just so disappeared. Yeah. I mean, I know the appendipity still up and running and going, and there was more to that operation than just Joey. I mean, Joey's kind of the face of it. And in a way, kind of the CEO that was, uh, out getting feedback and things like that and steering the ship. But I know he had a, a another programmer 
Uh, Joey wasn't the programmer for it. According to the news, he's just retired, but no, oh, talking to Richard Simmons. Richard Simmons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is getting a lot of attention. And it's what's interesting. I was listening to um, she podcast last night. They were talking about how like this show being so getting so much buzz at where's Richard. Well, I don't even know what the name of the show is. Something like where, where the heck is Richard Simmons or, um, and uh, they were saying like, that's now almost like a serial thing. Like now when the media says like, is this the new serial? Like serials, the new bench point. So now it's going to be, Oh, is this the new Richard Simmons podcast kind of thing? It's like, well, if it's getting news, if it's getting people to listen, I don't care what it is. It just, I just think it's funny that in the end it's like, I'm right here. I retired. Leave me alone. It's kind of the answer. Cause the, the new episodes coming out with the big reveal that, yeah, he's fine. He's right. He's actually just retired. Yeah. I mean, the guy's old. Florida. He's what? He's I, I, 60 something. I'm like, I just want to be left alone. Yeah. I, don't I gained know. some weight and I just want to be left alone. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if you ever want to screw up your podcast, let it get popular. That's kind of one of the things that, you know, you, you watch some of these podcasts. Now, Serial's a little bit different because in NPR, I think, um, does this on purpose where they separate themselves from their audience in the sense that they don't, they don't get caught up because if you get big and you get popular and you start listening to your audience, man, you can screw up your podcast in a hurry because you're going to get all kinds of feedback from both sides. And it's going to be some of it, the more popular you get, the more vicious it gets or the more crazy it gets. So I think you have to be careful. You know, if you're getting some really good numbers to your podcast, you're going to start attracting some of that fringe audience that's going to be that's going to be either aggressive or trollish or negative or overly positive uh, from that standpoint. And I so I think you've got you you know be careful what you wish for in popularity. I found this sweet spot. I think in the podcasting world, the sweet spot is somewhere between five hundred and twenty five hundred from an audience standpoint, from a weekly download of where you really can keep engagement and get great listeners and get that hyper niche or that, that really good feeling that you get, you get 5,000 or 10,000 or more. And man, you're going to, you better be ready. Buckle in. You're going to get some emails. Yeah. <laughs> Cause the one thing that I've, I think this is going to eventually now people go, Oh wait, you, 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 you said the same thing on building a better day, but I think this is something <laughs> I want to comment on. We are a nation ready to pounce. Literally. If, if somebody says something on the Oscars, and it's political, bam, people are somebody, oh, yay, she's American, she can say whatever she wants. And then uh, the other half of the country is going to go, what are you doing? It's a, an award show. You shouldn't voice your opinion. I'm like, man, we are just ready. As soon as somebody steps out of anything, we're ready to, you know, if it's a new band, oh, that that record sounds just like their old stuff. And then the other half of the crowd goes, I love the fact that they're being experimental. It's just, but everybody's like on Facebook, just either tearing it down or ripping it up. And I'm like... Yeah, that's that's kind of podcasting in a way, you know. I don't get a lot oh, of for sure. For sure. I mean, if you put anything out there and people it gets it gets so extreme so fast. Nobody can just say, "Huh, well, I, hey, that works for you," you know, or give that a try. That hasn't been my experience, but give it a try. See what your experience is, you know. It just gets so hardcore so fast. And man, our podcasting groups sometimes are a perfect example of this of just the extreme you know, kind of the extremeness of those kinds of things where we can't just let people be. We've got to kind of tear it down in some, oh, they suck or they're awful or some of those kinds of things. Daniel brings up a good point in the chat room that there's a controversy over Beauty and the Beast. I guess the candle is gay. 
I did not see the original version. Oh yeah, I'm probably yeah, not yeah. going to go see yeah. their one, but they they've come out that the can the candle is gay, and I'm like, okay, can we just can we say that one out loud? The candle is gay, and I'm like, we're talking about a candle, a fictitious it's not even real. Yeah, it's, it's like not even real. I was just like, again, we're ready to pounce. Wait a minute, there's a gay candle. That's it. I'm not watching. I'm like, ugh. Really? Then don't watch. Then don't go. Exactly. Like, don't don't, don't, you, don't buy the ticket. You to spend $13.50, which is crazy how expensive movie tickets have gotten. Now, it's a great experience. Ours have lounge chairs and all that crazy. They oh, that's it. To you. That's awesome. But no one's forcing you in there to to get that done. So Look at us. We have somebody like joining. we got a guest coming in. We awesome. do. That's awesome. And I'm trying for the record. If you're wondering what the heck I'm doing. Uh, guys, can you hear me? We can yeah, hear you. We can hear you. Welcome. Why is my video not coming up? That's all right. Oh, it's okay. We, we're an audio only we'll show. We'll pretend you're really pretty. Anyway. So, you got a question? <laughs> you got a question or a comment for us? Well, actually, it's more of a question slash uh, an event I was at. Uh, Dave was at podcast uh, podfest um, Orlando. Yeah. Orlando. I was actually at the uh, Toronto uh, pod, pod camp, and. I don't know what happened, but all my gear just decided to go fail on me. Excellent. Gear fail, mic fail, recorder fail. It was like everything just stopped working. And I went, okay, I got to go off on the fly here. Now, I still have the media, and they still want it uploaded to their website so that they can sh- so I can share it with the community. How would I go around on re- getting audio with the clips? Because I think the slideshow needs the audio. I'm just wondering, should I put in the beginning of it, you know, due to technical difficulties, I wasn't able to record this live? Or should I just go and record it as just talking about it? Because it's all about podcasting, but I'm just wondering, how should I go at it? So this was a presentation you did? and it, That is correct. Okay, and so you weren't able to record it? I've done this numerous times. I will, um, like, nobody's really heard my presentation from PodFest on the School of Podcasting. A lot of times I will redo it. And that's because I, A, didn't record it. Um, that whole, the, the whole thing kind of happened quickly. And I wanted to give a recorder and have it tie into the, the board in the back. And I just did not have time to do that. Um, and I think if I did it again, I would rearrange some stuff. I think I would have, I think I would end with Ken Blanchard, not have him in the middle. So um, I just, you know, basically, well, same thing we talked about this earlier. I beat ideas out here on Ask the Podcast Coach, and then I do the real thing. That sounds weird. That's like like this is fake. But I I, I I put the polish on for the school of podcasting. So yeah, you could just re-record it if you wanted to. I I think it's gonna matter what it sounds like, Jim. Yeah, Ron, you might say in, in that, you know, this was this was previously recorded at this event and, and is being redone for this show or this podcast. I mean, just you can you can disclose it if you want to, if you feel like you need to. I, I don't think you need to make a that big a deal about it or spend a lot of time talking about it. Um, I, I think you can just, cause you're, so what you're, so you had it, you lost it. Now you want to kind of re-record it, but based on what you did, right? Yeah. That's the, uh, concept that I was thinking of because. Yeah. Even yeah I, would, it was, I just uh, re-record it. Oh, sorry. Go, go, go ahead, Ron. Well, it got a little bit complicated because like, here it is. Computer doesn't want to display on the TV. Great. Then it came to 15 minutes of air that was not recorded. And then the recorder dies, and I even set up my phone to try to do video, and even the video didn't work properly. So it's like multiple levels of fail. And <laughs> I'm just thinking, that. isn't that okay. awful when that happens? 
Oh, it is awful. And then because I didn't have my notes with me, so I'm like going off the fly, looking at my slides and trying to explain what I was trying to explain with a limited amount of time because it was like a 15 minute fail. But I was happy to know like the room was totally packed and people were just like going. People did comment at the end and we're on Twitter going great uh, topics, great information. And everybody like I mean, the Twitter reply back I got was just phenomenal. Yeah. Well, you may be able to recreate that in a podcast style or form. And and because I'm sure there were some things even as good as it was that you might want to change. And so you might be able to condense it or or you might be able to to make some minor tweaks on it. And I think just re-record that thing. Don't try and make it sound like the conference or anything like that. Just re-record it. Make sure folks understand that this was previously given at uh, at, at PodFest. And then I think just re-record it in, in a way that uh, brings in the great content. Do it again. Sometimes it's hard to do it again. And sometimes you fail when you write your, when you try to recreate a moment that you just can't recreate again. You know, there's there's elements in a live um, in a live presentation when you're feeding off the crowd and you get a little bit of energy from the crowd and you get a little bit of adrenaline from the crowd, and you can't recreate that in your studio behind a microphone. So. You know, I would caution you, be careful. There may have been some times, Dave, this is an area where I know when you get live, you get animated. (laughs) And I don't know if that animation works as well in a recorded sense as it does when you're doing it live. I just think those are two totally different genres. And, And so I would caution you to try not to, like, duplicate the live experience, but certainly bring that content that you did. Bring it in, do it, um, bring that value, and just re-record it. Yeah, okay. yeah, I've done that at um, at podcast movement last year. I did a FAQ, and the recording just was not great. I, I just I had I was carrying around the recorder with me, and it just it just didn't turn out great. There was a lot of background noise, and so what I did was I listened to the questions that were asked, and I just re I said, "Here's the questions that were asked. Here's my answer," and because to me, in the end, it's the content, and it was just a case where the recording was so noisy that it wasn't ambiance in the background. It was, I can't hear Dave. And, and distracting, I bet yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. So, so I yeah. just re-recorded it, said, here's where this came from, and here's the questions that were asked, and uh, we, we went from there. So, Does that help, Ron? It does help. It gives me a little bit more of where I want to go with this because I really like those slides up because, well, there's a lot of information on those slides. And I just remember, like, going through it and talking about, you know, facts that happened with my podcast and why I wouldn't recommend this mic or why I didn't recommend this and giving them my own onslaught of what I've had. And I'm just trying to figure out how I'm going to capture that again. But at the same point, it does answer my question though. Well, the other thing to, to uh, kind of, I don't know, walk away with this with some, cause I know it sounds like, Oh, epic fail. Not really. I mean, cause you've learned like the thing I learned when I went in, when I went into PodFest, the first thing I did was I looked at the stage setup, so I could figure out. Like at one point, I was going to point to something in one of my slides. Well, I'm like, I can't do that because last year the screen was behind me, and now I had two screens on each side of me, so I could kind of point, but it wasn't like I could go over and point at the screen. So you kind of have to know your your um, environment and what you're working with, uh, and and so you know, it's it's like I said, there you just use it as a learning experience, and and uh, the cool thing is you got through it. So that's cool. And and you got yeah. some good content and got your name out there and you can now say I spoke at this event. 
because nobody goes back and says, hey, wait, is that the guy that did the thing? And then, no, it just looks good on the resume now. I spoke at this event, so. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, thanks anyways, Dave and uh, Jim. Thanks. Thanks, Ron. Good seeing you, man. Have, right. a good, have, a good, have a good weekend. You too. So, yes, here is the where do people listen. You blow that up a little bit? Unfortunately, I can't. Wait, I can okay. do this. Yes. There, there we, go. we go. Perfect. Awesome. And if anybody doesn't right know there. that trick, hold down the control key on a PC and move your mouse wheel forward. It's a zoom in and out. So we can play Grover. We can go near, far, near. Okay. Um, so where do you listen? Um, number Coming in at number one is the card, 89.5%, followed by home at 73.7%. Um, am I confused? No, the numbers, because they multiple, they answered multiple. Oh, uh, multiple times. That's right. These won't add up to 100%. Right. Um, so 17, 14 at home, and then tying was work and outside. And let me find my other poll answer. I thought it was going to give me the little arrow to go to the next one. But this is what Dave does all day. He downloads people's artwork to see if it fits the spec. So if you're wondering, why do I have all this artwork in my uh, folder called Erase Me? Those are all, those are all yeah. album art, huh? All right. Uh, where do you uh, listen? Uh, coming in at 78, well, so we'll just call it 79%. Uh, that would be the phone. And they didn't give me the number for the computer. Uh, the Let's see. If that's 79%, 16% is on a tablet. So that would be 79 plus 16 is 89, 96. So that's, you're looking at like 4% on the computer. So, again, very skewed, right? We're very podcast. Yeah, uh, I think the newest Edison numbers or or whoever that whoever was that doing was doing it is that uh, Rob kind of goes over it on, um, on the live speaker show. I think that the numbers are kind of stabilized for about 75-25 versus mobile versus others. So it, it seems to be when, when we get numbers a little bit bigger than our listeners that that's, I think, that's 75%, something around those lines. Go back to, if, you, if you're interested, Rob kind of goes over it and really confuses Alex in the process on the <laughs> Spreaker Live show, if you, uh, if you haven't heard that. The last one he does, uh, pretty good. Rob does a nice job. He's uh, quality in what he does, Rob, Rob Graney. Yeah, we actually, I guess we'll do that in post-show. We didn't, uh, we didn't discuss the Edison research today. Um, I know you had a couple comments on I it. I do. I got a question for you, so we'll do it in post. So we'll show. do that in post. But uh, anything exciting coming up on the uh, AverageGuy.tv? Yeah, always exciting. We're going to do a drone show. So we're going to talk about uh, drones. Have really, they're in right right now, and the cameras on them are amazing. Yes. Um, and so we, uh, I have a couple guys, three guys coming on, a little roundtable, a little drone roundtable here in the next couple weeks to talk about that. So, yeah, all those gadget, gadgety, geeky things over at the Home Gadget Geeks. Um, I can answer this in a minute and 28 seconds. Uh, Joe says, because of my affiliation with Libsyn, do you feel like you have to be careful to avoid controversial subjects? No. Um, that was one of the discussions we had when I got hired is when I'm not at Libsyn and if they're not paying for the ticket, like I'll give you an example. Uh, the 20th uh, on Wednesday, I'm going back to Florida to watch the premiere of the Messengers in an actual theater, which is cool. I'm paying for the ticket, so I'm going as Dave Jackson School of Podcasting. When I was at PodFest, anything I said, I was a Libsyn employee. So, I mean, in my last episode, I spotlighted one of the competitions of Libsyn. And, but that's where having that criteria, this is what I look for in a media host, comes in handy. And the other thing is, it's not like if I don't talk about it, nobody's going to hear about Pinecast.com. Um, so, they're, it's like one of the coolest places to work on the planet. So, uh, 
Um, I don't know that I would go out and now if I did, if I went Jared from Subway, that would be a problem, you know. But uh, uh, no, they're they're really really cool. At least at this point, I haven't got any feedback from anybody going, "Can you ixnay on the Einkast pay?" I haven't heard that yet. So, but uh, we're here every Saturday. Thank you for that question, Joe. Ask the podcastcoach.com slash live. We'll see you next week. Yeah.